Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Box with your host and CEO of Babelbox, Sherry Langberg. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Go behind the scenes and learn how you can make influencer marketing part of your social media playbook. Subscribe to Beyond the Box at podcast.babelbox.com. Listen to all of your favorite episodes and follow us on Instagram for more influencer marketing inspiration. So much has happened since I saw today's guest at Toy Fair 2020. I'm excited to have Rachel Griffin, founder of Playwise Partners, join us to share her industry insights and what it's like to start a business amidst a pandemic. Welcome, Rachel. Hello. How are you? I am, as I told you, I think I'm exhausted. I'm happy it's Friday. How about you? (laughs) Same. It's been a very, very busy week, but I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So, you know, let's get right to it. I cannot believe when did you launch Playwise Partners and tell us more about it. So we officially launched in uh, in January with taking our first client to New York Toy Fair in February. And it's been um, it's been an exciting journey. And knowing that um, I'm launching in a pandemic <laughs> was a little bit of a challenge. But that being said, I have nothing to compare it to. So I guess there's no place to go but up. So, uh, so far, so good. So I know because I've been doing this the long road for more than 10 years, it's not easy to run your own business. What advice are so many people shifting amidst what's going on? And I apologize for my dog barking, um, but these are the things that happen these days. But what advice would you give to people who are now looking to branch out on their own? So the main thing to do is have a focus of what you what your goal is and what you want to do. So for myself and my partner, Sheena Stevens, we've both been in the toy industry now, you know, combined, which I hate to say this because it dates us, you know, 40 years, about 20 years uh, each. And uh, she was on the outdoor products and then she switched to agency side earlier on than I did. And then I've been in-house the whole time. So knowing your niche world of where, where you excel at and wh- what you can bring to the table is probably priority number one. And then use your your clients or use your database and your friends and your network to just build out that goal that you have. So with my ourselves being in the industry, we've had friends in the in the trade space, you know, writing for the toy book and you know royalties and kids screen and toy news and all of these you know great publications. So we tapped into them for advice on how to you know continue doing things on our own and then. You know, being in the industry, we've had friends that are marketing experts, CMOs, heads of sales, heads of HR, heads of, you know, all of these different levels within a company. So we utilize them as well for advice on, okay, how do we set up QuickBooks, you know, or just little tiny things that you would not expect. Or if, if I was an agency pitching you on our expertise, what is the best plan that you're looking for as the marketing person or the salesperson or something as an actual company, you know, you know, tapping into those, those friends that you have your network to utilize their insights as well to maximize your skills. It's so hard. I find that part of the business very hard. And I find the QuickBooks, the most grueling part of the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But definitely another thing that we've done is like chipping in with people. So, oh, there's this database that's too expensive. Like let's chip in three different people and we can then afford it. So Definitely not easy doing the accounting, though. No, it's definitely definitely not. And thankfully, it's just Gene and I, so there's not too much accounting yet. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, no, like you said, yeah, tapping into your friends and your network to get the most bang for your buck on a 
on a service or a program or a database or something is a great, a great thing. And so how did you get into this niche category of toys? To be honest, it was all a fluke. So I moved out to California, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed outside of graduating from a university and moved to California to work in the the gleaming blitz of the entertainment business. And uh, <laughs> the the job I had was originally offered when I came out here, the producer had said that she had given the job to somebody else and I can be an office PA if I wanted to, which to me was just changing, you know, fax cartridges and, and coffee filters, which sounds, you know, great if you're kicking off, but when you had the, the hindsight and the mentality that you were going to be a little bit bigger than that, you know, off the gate, um, I turned it down and I got in my car and cried. And, you know, my parents said, you know, you can come back, you know, every, you know, the next flight you, we can put you on and said, no, everything happens for a reason. I know I'm supposed to be out here. And I did a couple of temp jobs. And my main temp job that I had was being executive assistant to Heim Spahn. And he is the guy that created the Power Rangers. Wow. And yeah. And I was with him for two years when his COO, Mel Woods, went to consult for MG Entertainment when they were launching a little brand called the Bratz Dolls. And so <laughs> I went over with him to be his assistant. And within a few months, I switched over into the PR department. And my career in toys has, uh, has not stopped. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's, been a, it's been a fun roller coaster of a ride for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I did the same thing. I just got, I just came to New York and my parents like, come back. I'm like, I'm not. And I remember walking into a bagel shop and just crying to the guy behind the counter. And he's like, listen, give me your resume. Maybe I could find you a job. (laughs) Yep. And that's how the networking begins. Call from a deli guy. You never know who he knows and so forth. Right. I'll never forget. That's the bagel on like something somewhere in the sixties, but I'll never forget him. So sweets, Sweet, sweet. Tell us what it is. A lot of people out there don't know what it is. And we understand you just got back from a virtual sweet seat. What, what is it? How did it work? Yeah. So sweet, sweet is one of my most favorite events that's put on. It's been going on now. I want to say for 12, 12 years. Yeah. And the Toy Insider Group puts it on. And for those that don't know that, that's a Lori Shack's team and they are phenomenal. So what it is, is it started off as um, a partnership with Blogger. So for bloggers and influencers and so forth to come see product firsthand, feel it, touch it, play with it, video it, use it for their their channels and so forth. And then it has since grown to being a huge undertaking of its own as the Sweet Sweet brand. And, you know, people come from all over, I'm sorry, influencers and press come from all over the the country to come see products firsthand because they time it into uh, middle to late July where most toy companies' products are just starting to hit shelves at retail. So this is a chance for people to literally get their hands on it for the very first time since it was a prototype at New York Toy Fair. And um, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's, it's, it's usually a nighttime event from like 3 to 10, give or take. So there's, you know, pass hors d'oeuvres and there's a bar. And so there's a place for, for kids to play with all the toys. But then also the parents have the outlet of, you know, hanging with their quote-unquote influencer friends IRL, you know, in real life, because they, they come from behind the screens of Instagram or YouTube and get to hang out in person. And then we get to see everybody and hang out as well. So it's just a lot of fun. It's very relaxed. And it gives a chance for all influencers to play with the toys hands-on. Whereas this year, obviously, you know, we've, we've had a little bit of a hiccup with a lot of planning and events uh, this year due to COVID, which has been very unfortunate. 
but I got to give props to the Toy and Center team because they took, you know, some lemons and made it into lemonade like I've never seen. So they made Sweet Sweet a virtual event, whereas uh, they created this massive platform where those same influencers would log on to a link and still walk the floor as if they're walking the floor in person with uh, beautiful booth setups and skinned with everybody's branding and logos and you know, call outs and activations. So some people had, you know, somebody singing or a music video or things like that popping in and influencers can walk the floor and then when they get to the booth that they want, they stand on a little blue circle and then it opens up to the to the booth. So for us, for example, when they came in front of the Yulu booth, Lana, who works on our team, she was at the chat saying, you know, hi, Sally Smith, how are you? Welcome to the Yulu booth. Can I answer any questions for you? I'm like, yeah, we're really here to see, excited to see about games. Great. And here's how you get into the Zoom and you just click basically on my face because there's a, a tower to the left and a tower to the right where uh, myself and Sheena's photos were. So you can click on our face and it'll link you into our each room. And so I handled the games side um, and Sheena handled the activities and the collectibles. So once you clicked in there, then you, it opened up into a Zoom room where we then had our own mini activations going on. So I demoed all the games. Sheena did, you know, exclusive reveals of the, the Glitterburst and of Pop Pop Bling. So it was just a lot of fun. You know, it is unfortunate that these influencers couldn't touch it themselves in person, mm-hmm. but we were also were able to send out samples ahead of time to, a, to um, you know, a handful of influencers. So they did have some of the products on hand to play with us in, in the Zoom. Right. So if questions on how to play it or with Break the Board, we had our own little battles with some of the influencers, you know, and who can get to the higher level. So it was it was extremely fun, uh, a long day, but uh, but worth it nonetheless. And I think the influencer side of it was extremely engaging, and they got to bop around, and you know, and still we got to see all of our friends, you know, just differently. That is amazing. So I know that we have a lot of marketers um, who tune in. Do you know what tr- software they use? Because everyone's trying to figure out what's the greatest tool to use for virtual events. Uh, it was based off of Zoom, but I don't know what the platform itself was that they used to okay. create the skins and things but the, the the meeting rooms were all zoom based and they partnered with zoom to make sure it could hold you know thousands of people because they had influencers from australia and the uk and mexico and russia and i mean they had people from all over the world tuning in because whereas before it's in person and in the states you know a lot of these influencers don't have the budget or the bandwidth right. to fly from australia for a, you know, a five-hour event in New York City for one day. So the fact that it was now online, they all had the benefit of joining. So it was, it was great for everybody. I mean, you know, it's like certain things are really not so great right now, but then all of a sudden you see this whole new world open up. And you're like, wait a minute, but that's like, you know, the lemonade. Exactly. And I think a lot of companies, if they're smart anyway, will embrace this because there are a lot of stay-at-home moms and dads that, um, that, work and have had kids and have been dying to get back into the workforce, but, you know, just can't afford to, to take childcare. And so knowing now that you can, I mean, stressfully, <laughs> but handle both at home at the same time, you know, I think more companies now will be open to hiring work from home, you know, parents and, and get that ball rolling a little bit, a little bit sooner than expected. Yeah. There's so many conversations. Our team and I was, we were just discussing today that, you know, the, the challenge of work from home and the challenge, particularly um, for some of the women out there, it's like, 
they're giving up their jobs because there's no one to take care of their children. So it's just really unfortunate. But so given that what we're talking about, I know that so much has changed since Toy Fair when I last saw you. What are some of the ways in which, you know, you're helping your clients adapt? I think the the key number one factor that I think everybody has to remember, especially with this year, is flexibility. Because between people getting furloughed or, you know, the stress of people being at home that have never worked from home before and then are not used to it. You know, some of our clients, you know, we're on Zoom calls and they have one child sitting there on their lap on their Zoom call with us and, you know, trying to get us to communicate with them. And then the kids chiming in or kissing the screen, you know, and it's just, and it's funny and it's, and it's fine. And I, I think as long as everybody remembers that we're all in this together, mm-hmm. then I think, um, I think it'll be fine. But flexibility is key. So if you're banking on prime example, uh, Yahoo entertainment or, uh, CNN exclusive for whatever your products may be, or whatever your, brand maybe, and you really want that, you, you may have to think, okay, well, the guy that I used to always work with, you know, maybe he got furloughed and you don't know it. So he can only answer emails two days a week versus answering them every day. So if you don't hear from him, you know, it's probably not because he's ignoring you on purpose. One of two things has happened. One, he's either been furloughed and he only has three days and the other two days, he literally is not allowed legally to answer emails. Mm. So he can't, he can't get back to you. And then two, you're not the only one probably pitching him. So he's probably slammed with emails and um, he doesn't necessarily have time to get back to everybody. So just give everybody a little bit of flexibility and breathing room and be mindful of the fact that we're not in this by ourselves, that we're all going through this. And if you're stressed out about him not getting back to you, you know, I'm sorry, he's stressed out that he hasn't gotten back to you or or anybody else as well, you know? So I think think just common courtesy and flexibility is probably... Yeah. Main, is main number one. And then two, I think with a lot of influencers and with journalists too, if you almost, I don't want to say write the story for them, but if you really kind of help them along with the pitch angle and what you're looking for and how to get to there, it makes their life a lot easier than, than just saying, hey, I have this great can of soda. Do you want to write about it? And it's like, well, why? What would it bring to the table? Why is this can of soda any better or different than the other can of soda? You know, so it's just something along those lines, just kind of help them along with the process. And I think that'll make your life easier too. Cause then also you'll, you'll get your key messaging points out that you, that you want, as opposed to them crafting something. And then you turn around and being like, Ooh, it's not exactly what I was hoping for. But if you help craft the message fully from the, from the get-go, it'll, it'll help. Thank you. I'm going to kind of go on that word flexible. So the flip side of it, you know, do you see influencers being more flexible, particularly in their budgets, their rates, um, they're willing to do take on more for an assignment. Um, cause you know, we want to support our brand partners. We want to be able to do more or extend better rates, but do you see that the influencers that you're trying to work with are being more flexible? To be honest, it's about 50, 50. Yeah. So I think the ones that, you know, demand 30, 40, 50, hundred grand a post mm-hmm. they're they're not being flexible because they can usually get what they're demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the ones, the, the micros and the, you know, the, the nanos that are, the nanos that are a little bit more, are a little bit more flexible. Um, and even actually the mid tiers, because the mid tiers that say would, you know, demand, you know, say five grand for a post or a, a YouTube video or something along the lines, you know, they're being a little bit more flexible and maybe they'll say, okay, well, if you can give me the five grand, I'll give you two videos or uh, it, maybe you can turn them into an, an ambassador or so 
you, you, you turn that five grand into stretched over the next six months. So a lot of them are being flexible. And I think the best thing too is also find the ones that are the micros because their engagement rate is probably way higher than those that have the millions of followers because they can't engage with every single person that likes or comments on their video or a post. Whereas those that have, you know, 20,000, 30,000 followers on Instagram or something, they are constantly talking to those people mm -hmm. in their comments all the time. And then you can turn them into an ambassador to be with you, you know, for long-term. And then, then as their channel grows, they're gonna be like, you know what, Rachel was with me when I only had 200 followers. So I'm gonna help be loyal when, when I, when she needs something last minute or something like that. Yeah, I did a presentation this morning um, and that was exactly, but it, it's, it's the rate but, and the loyalty, but also if you work with one mega or micro, uh, one mega or macro influencer, you get that one person's audience and that one person's piece of content. But if you all of a sudden want to reach different targets or different locations, if you work with micros or nanos, you could hit, you could get all different types of content, all different audiences. Absolutely. And, and a lot of the, the macros, they are very friendly with each other and they're constantly commenting in each other's posts and tagging each other and saying, you know, hey, Sally Smith, you, you may like this, check it out. And then you're just, it's a big loop that, mm -hmm. that are helping. So the conversation is constantly happening from channel to channel. Yeah. Very interesting. Thank you. So I know that unfortunately, I mean, it looks like a lot of things are going to be canceled through the end of the year. The holidays coming up. What, how, how do you stay top of mind with influencers in the media apart from what, you know, sweet, sweet that you just had, how, what are other, some of the other things you're doing? So, yeah, so sweet, sweet was a, was a blessing that just happened this week. So it was very busy, uh, lots of follow-up. And again, patients that I had mentioned earlier with the flexibility, uh, everybody is going to be doing the same thing and also just trying to think differently think outside of the box. Whereas, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of different items that are coming out from a, a wide variety of clients. And one of the ones that we have is called uh, Bright Brush. And it is a toothbrush, which not many people think of toys and games. And you think of, oh my God, I have to go brush my teeth. But this Bright Brush game brush, I kid you not, uh, myself and my 18-year-old, we jam out in the bathroom because it's got <laughs> seven different games to it, including you know a pop jam and a dance party. And so the tunes are in there. And so you're brushing your teeth and it's teaching you how to brush your teeth in the right way. You know, brush up and down, brush in small circles you know, get extra points to swap sides. So you're doing it in the right way. So if you can look at whatever product you have, so for us, for example, where we're all about with Bright Brush, you know, yeah, the, you're brushing your teeth, but the silver lining is you're having fun, you know? So, and so with that, you know, with top of mind with, with press and those, you know, we're letting them know Bright Brush is great. It, you just kids how to brush their teeth properly while having fun. And it gets them into that routine of brushing their teeth, you know, ideally three times a day, but we'll, we'll, be lucky if we get it once with some kids, you know, so let's, mm -hmm. if they're going to go in there and do it, let's make sure they have, have fun with it. So, um, it's just trying to be creative with, with your pitch angle and not scream shouter, not, sorry, not scream louder than the others, just to shout more clearer. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a cool product. It's, it's, it truly is fantastic. It's one of the, my, the most amazing things I've seen. And it's, it is a lot of fun. It has seven different games in there and it's got race car jams and ninja moves. It's, it's really fun. And it's only $20. So you really can't go wrong with it. Awesome. Awesome. So given your long track record in this space, do you remember your, the first time you ever worked with influencers? The very first time I worked with influencers, 
I want to say it was twofold. So my first outreach that I did was to a wonderful woman named Melissa Hunter. And she now runs the uh, Video Family Network. But back in the day, back in 2009, I believe, uh, she was doing, um, she had a, a channel known as the Mommy and Gracie Show on YouTube. And it was her and her daughter doing uh, doll reviews. And it was just a way for her and her kid to hang out together and have, have fun. And uh, we had a couple of little flexible and I just reached out and we've been friends now ever since she's no longer has that channel and she does has she has a her own little doll channel um and she consults on other youtubers and and actually she consults for toy insider to book all their influencers to come to sweet sweet and she's just a great great person and so i that's and i met her all because she had a youtube channel back in 2009 i believe and then the other one was i started early too was with evan tube and we reached out and partnered him for an overall partnership with um, doing, you know, he's in commercials and we had him host an event for us uh, back when I worked at Spin Master. So, and that was really fun too. So it was, it's been, it's been a long, a long time, but yeah, good, Jesus, 10 plus years dealing with influencers back right when YouTube, you know, just kind of got, got going. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like it started for me with bloggers. Um, so more even like 13 years ago, people were like, oh my God, influencer marketing is so big now, but it's existed for a long time, but a lot of people don't realize, like they just think it was since Instagram hit the scene. Right. No, there's been some amazing bloggers, actually two guy bloggers who are, have also become dear friends of mine. So it's Dada Rocks and Gay New York City Dad. It's uh, Adam Cohen is Dada Rocks and um, Mitch is the Gay New York City I love dad. Mitch. Yeah, we work with Mitch all Mitch, the time. yeah. So he's great. So those two guys, I've known blogging since 2005 or six, you know, so they've been around for a very long time and they keep plugging away and they, they do great content. They're good guys. I mean, Mitch's kid now is I think 16 or 17 years old. No, I think he, I think he might be in high in college now. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> an older child, you know, but, right. um, but that's how long Mitch has been doing this since his, since his kid was a tiny, tiny one. Right, right. Um, and they just create fantastic content and they're just good people and they're fun and, and they get it, you know, so, um, and they're still doing it. So yeah. it's been, it's fun to, uh, you know, have them and know how, valuable they are and what an asset they are and that they create good content and they're they're good at it you know so it's fun well it's funny I miss the long format content like I get it I get TikTok I get Instagram but I'm I love writing and so Mm -hmm. I still love like reading blog posts and I think that is like coming back now because so many people are searching for especially what's going on, like tips, tricks, how do I deal with my kids? So you're seeing, we're seeing a lot of like blog traffic resurging, but you know, I don't think people realize the benefits of it from an SEO perspective, from a storytelling perspective. I was just going to say that that is, um, we, we still utilize um, blogs a lot. And for that same purpose, that when you're looking for something, when you Google something, if it's in, if it's in a blogs or even with press releases, we encourage our clients to put the press release out over the wire. Yeah, it costs a, you know, anywhere from a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks, depending on, you know, how long it is or images and video and stuff. But again, the the search is out there. So it just helps if somebody is Googling a specific toy or a game or an item, you know, that press release can come up in the Google and then that helps trickle into, you know, other searches. Yeah, no, I agree. So do you remember a campaign, a specific campaign that you did that just with influencers that yielded unexpected results that you were like blown away? 
trying to think. Yeah, there was a there was a couple. Uh, probably I mean, anything I did at um, within the spin when, when we launched the games division over there was mm-hmm. uh, was pretty good. They had a couple of fun games. Uh, Boom Boom Balloon was a was a really fun one, and um, headbands. So that we did with some influencers that the pictures were just hysterical with people with their uh, headbands on their on their foreheads, you know, acting things out. And <laughs> then um, even just now, right now with with Yulu with our with our games and our our swirling style, which we launched in this past March, it was it, it hit Target in March. Uh, National Tie Dye Day was at the end of April. And we tasked influencers to participate in National Tie-Dye Day. And it went through the roof that um, uh, Swirling Style sold out at Target. And they they were able to resell it back in because, you know, mainly people think of tie-dye as a summer activity. But because Mm -hmm. it sold out within the month, uh, Target bought back in. And so now it's back on shelf for, you know, it just restocked, I want to say, about two weeks ago from now through the holiday because it was such a great thing and, and I know that was all because of our loyal influencers that did it because the the team did not put any tv spend behind it so it was all word of mouth on social media and the fact that it's a great product I mean mess free tie-dye you can't go you can't go wrong with that let me tell you something I'm so sorry I didn't pick it up because I saw it and you showed it to me at toy fair I'm like oh okay I've been doing tie-dye by hand for the past <laughs> six weeks and I literally everything that I, I I'm blue and purple everywhere. So I'm glad that it's restocked because we're going to go be getting and we're going to go get it. It's great. And again, that's another $20 item. So um, all these items are $20 or less. So you can't go wrong and mess free. And we did it with um, myself, Reason and her boyfriend. We each did two t-shirts each and bandanas to use for face masks all within one, they come with little color packets that you make your dye. Right. And we each made, you know, two, two t-shirts and two bandanas each and had leftover dye to spare. So it's, yep. it, it lasts a while and it is fun. Yeah. We've been making a lot of face masks here. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm moving on to sheets next. So, <laughs> well, the, the orb is a, is a little small, but your pillowcase will fit in there. So. Okay. That's perfect. So go for the pillowcase. Okay. So if you could give brands uh, who are new to the influencer marketing space, because I believe that some brands still are, what would it be? I would say start, don't, don't go, there's a great saying, you know, go big or go home. I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of that saying, but I think in this case, if you're, if you're new to it, start small and, and, and work your way up from there. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're new to it too, grow with influencers, find a handful that can be your buddies and that you can grow together with them and they can grow with you um, as your brand is growing and so forth. I know a lot of people want to get, you know, the million dollar views because it has to produce sales. But the thing that's great about social is yes, it will ultimately drive sales, but it's all about the authenticity and making it unique and real. You know, if it's, if you come out with a bang with a big spend and it's a big ad, ad, ad all over the place, you know, and it's, yeah, you're hitting the million, the million followers, but you may not necessarily get the people that you want that are actually going to convert to the sales that you want. Mm-hmm. So if you get this, the specific influencers that are in the world, in the space that your product or your item is in, and it's an, an authentic matchup, that's what you really need the most. And some of those are the micro ones and the nano ones. And because they're really passionate about it and like they are diehard, I mean, you know, flower fans or whatever it is that you want. Mm-hmm. And they're really going to post about it and be passionate about it because they truly love it versus the person who's just going to post about it because they're getting the money. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you. So my last question, which I always ask is name an influencer you love to follow, but hate to admit that you do. (laughs) Oh, geez. I don't even, I don't even know, to be honest. I have to look, I'm going to cheat and look at my phone. I mean, I do, I follow a lot of travel people because I am obsessed with traveling and I, that I ultimately want that to be my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, tr- I do follow a lot of travel, travel people. So there's, there's one, it's not necessarily the, uh, a handle, but it's, it's like van life. Like people that live in vans and convert buses wow. and vans into like mini houses. Yeah. And so anything along that space, I, it's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I can go down that rabbit hole of converting a school bus into a house or a minibus or the tiniest, even VW van and converting it into a a house. I just, I'm fascinated by it. I am too. That's one of mine too. (laughs) So is Snoopy though. Like I watch every Snoopy channel, which is crazy. It just makes me happy. That's hysterical. I would not have pegged you for a Snoopy girl. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for all this. This is super insightful and we wishing you the best of luck with you know, your new business and with the holiday season coming up and uh, only wishing you only good things. Thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Beyond the Box produced by Tough Monkey Entertainment. Beyond the Box is brought to you by Babblebox with your host, Sherry Langbert. Visit podcast.babblebox.com for more episodes and influencer marketing secrets.